So with Degumach Nefraim, the grandson of Baal Shem Tov, Pashas Vaera, Od Yesh Lefarish. So I have also heard the suffering of the Bnei Israel, in which the Egyptians are enslaving them. I mean, there's a problem with philosophy, you know, how is it, and also I have heard. I also heard, what do you mean, you're God, you know. So, we're not talking about philosophy here. We're talking about uh, Kabbalah, in which the divine is agendered, so there's a masculine divine and a feminine divine, and it's splintered into ten personalities. Now, I'm going to start off with this radical statement that the Torah was given eternally to be in a continual unfolding of exposition, to, to lidrosh, to interpret it, every generation according to the heads of the generation, their personalities, their spiritual levels, according to the circumstances of their generation. Very, very, very radical. It's an unfolding. In, in Christian theology, it would be called process theology, meaning the unfolding of the divine as we mature. I I don't know where I read that, but I remember reading it in a Sefer, and I do believe it was Sefer Bris Menucha. Now, Bris Menucha was written before the Baal Shem Tov, but all the Rebbes love it. It was written in the 1500s, 1600s, um, and it, it, it is a real big source text for many of the Hasidic Rebbes, Bris Menucha. Sheshom HaMafoyrish, no one knows. Sheshom HaMafoyrish, who and there I remember reading <coughs> that the Mephoirish, the man who interprets the biblical text, the interpreter, the Bala Medrash, he is given over the sacred task in order to interpret everything for his generation according to that generation's level and circumstances and according to what that generation needs. It's almost like we're now privileging Chazal. <coughs> Reb Sodek has this idea as well that Torah Shabal Peh unfolds every generation. But it, it turns out that the leader of the generation is almost like a constitutional court. How do you interpret the constitution? Do you interpret it narrowly? Like Scalia? Or like Ginsburg? Each generation has its own exigencies and its own challenges and the constitution is malleable. It's open to interpretation. It allows for us and it gives us the legitimacy and the authority of course, to of course, interpret. Then it becomes, in the eyes of the interpreter, you know, the Wall Street Journal had an article yesterday saying that you know, Trump's going to avoid you know, strict constitutionalists like Scalia. And the conservatives are moaning that they don't want us. They want somebody who's going to interpret it 
Because they, I don't know if you saw it, you read the journal? They had an article about yeah. the, the two leading candidates and how the conservatives don't want those two guys because they're so yeah, so so strict about their interpretation. They want them to read it differently. Yeah. So you can read it differently on both sides, right. is my point. You can read it like Ginsburg on the left. Or right. I don't know who's, on the, who's up on the right that's interpreting it, but the journal was saying the conservatives want somebody to, <coughs> you know, to not interpret it literally. Right. So you can have it going both ways. Same that's thing the, here. Right, same Absolutely. thing that we have going on right Almost now. Almost like the, between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Ishmael. The yeah. school, Heschel wrote a book um, in which um, he, he actually split uh, Agada and interpretation between the two schools of Rabbi Akiva, who brings to it his background, you know, and Rabbi Yishmael is a strict interpreter of the literal translation. Rabbi Kiva's Doorish called Essen Jebador. Every S, Barashi's Baral Kiv, S. He's Doorish the S. But my point is that you can Doorish it both ways. The Yodua, now he makes the claim, which is a Kabbalistic claim. That actually was already started with the Ramban. That every word of the Torah is not just. A, a narrative. It's just not just um, the letters of the alphabet, but they can be jumbled around and each one represents the name of the divine. I don't take that literally, although it says in the Mori Naim in, yes, in Parshas Vayechi that the, the skull of the divine is the comet and the face of the divine is the patach and uh, the brains and the right arm and the left arm is the segol and the shro- he goes through the priates chaim of the arizal to say that actually there is a shape to the divine even though we're not allowed to have shapes uh, or any images and they are based on the vowels of the of the hebrew but that's just an extreme example of the ramban saying that that the, that if it's given by the divine then Ola Kosova Yehovis, I'm, I'm written in it. I take it metaphorically, meaning if I'm writing you a love poem, every word of that love poem is saturated with my desire. That's how I read it. Every word of that love poem. Even though I'm talking about the beautiful moon, it's written to you, and therefore it's saturated with my love. That's what I mean. That That's what it means. Shema Shal Kosova. Nimsa, Bavadai, so he says, well, if that's the case, <coughs> that every word of the Torah is a name of the divine, and the bris manucha says it's up to us to interpret it, so then we are going to reinterpret the names of the divine according to the interpreter, according to his ability to interpret, and according to the neshama of that generation, meaning the spiritual level of the generation. Why? Because it's got to be relevant. I'm sorry, to, with apologies to Jonathan Sachs. It, the Torah has to be relevant, yes. But here he's saying it has to be relevant all the way from the divine, which is the names of God, encoded in the Torah, all the way down to our particular situation. And in the days of my my grandfather, the Baal Shem Tov, <laughs> if I remember correctly, because I was just a child sitting on his lap, Nidrash Pirish Aposuk, this Posuk, Ani Shamati Esnakas Peneisha Vegamani, God's saying, I too have heard their suffering. But Oifen Zeal Pia Yodua, Mimashe Herlini. 
I'm going to interpret that Posuk according to the way the Baal Shem Tov interpreted it for his generation as the leader of his generation. This is how he said it. That's a, that's a Zoyer. That the Tzadikim are the <coughs> representatives, the ambassadors of the matron, Matronisa, which is the Shechina, meaning the presence of God in the world in its feminized form, remember Kabbalah splits, is the Shechina, and the Tzadikim are her emissaries. Pirush, Bechol Tzorosom Lo Tzar Kavyochol, meaning because they're the emissaries, in every way that they suffer, she, the Matronisa, suffers too. Unbelievable statement. Never in the whole world could medieval Jewish philosophy accept such a thing that the divine is suffering. The w- further as it goes is in Tanakh, where it says, I will be with you in your suffering. Or he tells Abraham, I will come down and I will bring you out. <clears throat> but never that he has that same emotion or that he's able of suffering. Comes along uh, the Zoya that says, no, the Shechina suffers as well as us. Comes along the Baal Shem and says, if it's true that the Tzadikim of every generation have to interpret, like the Bris Menucha says, I'm going to take it a step further and, that, and say that as they are suffering that particular generation, she is suffering alongside them. Absolutely outrageous claim that the divine suffers. When's the last time you heard that? In Paul, he uh, suffered for our Jesus, sins. Jesus yes, exactly. That's why I call it a Pauline revolution. When Yiddishkeit became too stratified in its behaviorism, there has to be these, you know, corrections every 500 years, you know, whether it's the Paitanim of the medieval period or the Hasidim of Germany or the Ariza or after Gerush Sfarad, the Isaac of Blind or the Baal Shem Tov after the Pale. These are corrections that bring us back to spirituality. She is suffering she alongside us. Going on now, taking us away from spirituality. Yeah, there's going to be a reaction to the art scroll. Which is, yeah. which is, I don't know, maybe talking about wrong. It seems like growing much faster than the Hasidic world. Yeah, and, there'll have to be a correction. Right. That's an over-exaggeration, but yeah. was very In many ways, Shlomo was reacting to that. Now he's going to flip it. If there is not just a tzaddik, but in any human being, a person has tzar, whatever it is. Yovin, his now spiritual task is to understand it's not just happening to him, but it's happening to her. So I have a character defect and I'm suffering from it. So I have the IRS or the DEA or all the Rosh Tevas coming after me. That Tsar is not just happening to me. It's paralleling in the divine. It's happening to her too. So he has this building block. He started off with the bris manuva. Then he has his grandfather's thing. Now he puts the two together and he comes out with this outrageous theory that when anything's happening to an individual, it's happening to the Shrina. Now, I don't know how to daven. What is one daven? Because... 
So if something is happening to the Shekhinah upstairs and the Tzaddik doesn't know about it, he's not aware about it, he is sent that Tzorah so that he can daven for her. Do you understand? For Shekhinah. Yes. No, I don't understand. Okay. I, understand. So, I mean, I understand what you're the word. Okay. Upstairs, what, what mean? upstairs, mom and dad are from. having a spat. I got that. We don't know about it. We don't know about so it. So we're sent to Tzorah <coughs> so we can daven. So Shekhinah says, I don't know how to get out of this. Right. He's yelling at me. He's screaming at me. Right. So that identical Tzorah is sent down to me. Right. Suddenly, the DEA is coming after me, the right. FDA, the IRS. Right. Now, I have a choice. I can think, oh, poor me, poor me. Or I can say, oh my God, she's really in trouble. I got to pray for her. And through his davening, because her chisoron is now fulfilled. You know, <laughs> then, as she's fixed, obviously his problem will be fixed too. Yes, it's we. They're both Greek mythology. There are cross currents, cross culturally, in between mystical and mythical religion and philosophical religion, and that cuts across all cultures. Whether it's the Mutakalim philosophers of the Arab Peninsula, who are rational philosophers, and the Sufi mystics, this machlokas is still going on. Whether it's Aristotle, who comes to clean Greek mythology of all this mythic stuff, and Plato, right? That that back and forth goes everywhere. It's not just between Hasidim and Misnagdim. And that's what it means, Sadikaya Inun Shluche de Matronisa. Now you have a whole new spin of what does it mean to be a Shaliach of the Matronisa? It's not that I represent her down here, I represent her upstairs. Atkan Divrei Kocha. And that's what my Zayda said, the Baal Shema Kodesh. That's what my Zayda said. That's, what, that, uh, that's, that's it. Now he's going to come with his own Knech. <coughs> now I'm going to bring all that building blocks, that theory that I have built together, into interpret vagam ani shamati et nakat bnei Israel. I heard the naakat, very very strange word naakat. Later on in Pasha's bow it'll say tsaakat bnei Israel, and the mafoshim are bothered by the difference between. Tsa'akat b'nei Israel and Na'akat b'nei Israel. What's the difference? They're both translated the same way. I heard the Na'akat Roshe Tevis, Na'akat, Eil no Krav God, please, please bring the, the salvation for who? Not for me, not for b'nei Israel, for the Shekhinah. <laughs> So when it says Anisha Mati es Israel, it's nothing about the verticality of us and God. Now we're splitting the divine and saying, and Moshe has heard as the tzaddik, as the shaliach of the matronisa, he has heard her suffering. She is in Mitzrayim. She needs to be saved. Because she is so distant from the divine, she requires the tzaddik to save her. Meaning, 
Matzir, Meitzun, it's a pun. Mitzrayim is Egypt and Matzirim is a place of straits. When they are, the Am Yisrael is in straits, when they are in straits, then they know for sure that she is in trouble. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in trouble in the first place. It's only because she is in trouble that we're having this Tzoros. Because the Shechina herself has fallen into the, 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 the shards, into the dark side. She's fallen to the dark side. So, so there is this cry coming out for us, the Tzadikim, Moshe, to rescue her. Rabbi Nachman talks about the lost princess. We're constantly searching for the lost princess in every situation in our lives to rescue her, never thinking about ourselves. And then, later on, it says, I heard their Tzadikim. So Tzadikim refers to Am Yisrael's suffering. Na'akasam refers to the Shechina's suffering. That's the whole knech of this Torah. Ve'esker is brisi, and now I remember I was married to the shechina, my bris, with the shechina. Hainu hashechina kaviyochol, because of their suffering, that poked me and reminded me, oh my gosh, uh, my wife's in trouble. I've got to rescue her. They are the ones through their suffering, their cries came to me, that forced me to think about her. <coughs> What my grandfather said, What makes you the Ansheto? What makes you a Tzadik is that you don't daven for yourself. You only daven for the Shechina. The Tzadik. That's what makes him the Tzadik. And then, because of his Rachmim, once we have reminded him, you know, your wife is suffering, can you please go and rescue? And he goes to rescue her, then, then only he goes, oh, I better rescue the boys downstairs who reminded me. That's the gam. Now we understand the word gam. It doesn't make sense. Gam anishamati. The gam is not only her, but you as well. It's an unbelievable drush in the Pasuk. He's actually doing what he says, the Bris Manucha says that every generation has to speak to its own suffering. That's what he's doing right here. But they, the, the Jews were in Mitzrayim and they were under Shibud and they, were, they weren't on the Madrega to hear this.